What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Hindsight Hacking. And today's guest has one of what my think is coolest business names out there, the Copy Cipher. I think this is something that everyone needs to learn or hear about. And it's one of those few times that we talked over each other a lot. Yeah, so forgive us. We talk over each other a couple times in this one. But it's because we were so excited with the, the knowledge that we were gaining that we couldn't stop ourselves. So uh, without further ado, let's get to it. Have you ever wondered how highly successful entrepreneurs think? So did we. So we asked hundreds of entrepreneurs a very simple question. If they had perfect hindsight, what advice would they give themselves? I am Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Cool. Join us on our journey implementing and sharing all of our learnings while we hack our hindsight along with our guest hindsight to give us all better foresight. Listen along the way as we find and unlock their secrets that made them successful through hidden traffic, joint ventures, and much, much more. This is Hindsight Hack. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to Hindsight Hacking. Our special guest today is the one and only Heidi Anspa. And to everyone's knowledge, big clap because I pronounced that the right way the first time. So first Heidi, time. she is a copywriter. She's got a website, Afi Copper Remix, a fully done-for-you copy program. And honestly, she's got a cool story that I can't wait to share about getting to Funnel Hacking Live and and uh, kind of bootstrapping her way in there. So Heidi, I know you're a funnel builder, a copywriter, and I can't wait to learn so much more about you. So thank you so much for joining us today. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, excited to get into some stories. Yeah, Heidi, I cannot wait to hear that story and just kind of get to know you and have our audience get to know you a little bit. So why don't we start with, tell everybody a little bit about you and your backstory. Sure. So... You know, I, I had the kind of the typical story of trying to make it work in the mainstream work world. I probably tried longer than I should have, like 20 plus years. But, you know, the kind of online marketing boom, I would say, hadn't started yet. It really started in the last 10 years, five years, you know, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, but the switch with everyone moving to funnels, I would say, happened in the last five years or so, and it's still kind of happening. So, you know, you say, well, I missed out or I was there right in time. So it depends on how you look at it, right? But I definitely was always a misfit in the work world because I just didn't feel like, um, you know, I, I could tolerate work office politics very well. I never wanted to manage up. I was sort of distrustful of authority. I didn't like, you know, following the rules. I've always been kind of a rule breaker. And I like her already. <laughs> outwire, yeah, rebel, whatever you want to call that. Um, so, you know, as a result, I wasn't a great employee either. You know, I would kind of, I would do good work, but sort of in spurts. And it really depended on how passionate I felt about it that at the time and lots of other things, outside things could affect it. Like if I had a jerk boss or if I had, you know, a problem with coworkers or didn't like the company policy, whatever was going on, like I could get thrown off really easily. So it took me a long time to kind of realize that there was another path, the entrepreneurial path, and um, but also like how I could get into it because at the time I was, a, I'd been working as a community manager, 
you know, one of these people who is sort of like a virtual babysitter <laughs> or cruise ship director and comes into online communities. And I've been doing that in the gaming world, which is really kind of challenging um, when your community is like angry, manic 12 year old boys. <laughs> um, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a former gamer, huh? <laughs> not former being the key word right there right right so i'm a gamer not former there you go <laughs> never stop well. never stop <laughs> um so yeah but that was what i was doing and i didn't really see a way to take that and do it on my own most companies want that community manager to be in-house so um i'll just say like i tried a few things out i moved over to social media management which is more you know still related to being a community manager and then got into more digital marketing in general started freelancing you know got some clients um, started a digital agency with my husband that we ran for five years called cypher collective and then you know we just got burnt out on it we never had a specific niche you know the saying is true that if you try to serve everyone, it was like a lot of word of mouth stuff. And that was great, but eventually it dried up and we were just burnt out. And it's pretty tough when a couple has all their income tied into the same thing and we were about to have a kid. So that brings us to 2018. I lost the two clients I had, which was all of my income at the time. And June, 2018. And then I think I was served this ad, you know, I was probably um, pinging some like depressed entrepreneur algorithm on click funnels or sorry not click funnels <laughs> on uh, Facebook and I got served a click funnels ad and it was like the lady boss webinar and like a lot of people by the I watched by the time I got to the end I was sold I was like okay I'm signing up for click funnels I'm going all in I think I even got like their six month plan you know for like a thousand dollars and which I had to put on a PayPal credit <laughs> um and just jumped in and you know it still took a while like i this was before the one funnel way challenge so i had no idea what i was doing um the first product i tried to make a funnel for was a network marketing product and you know yes an mlm because i figured well i don't know i don't have an offer yet and rather than try to start with my own thing and i'm still learning and experimenting i'll try selling somebody else's product well i came to find out later Russell Brunson and Steve Larson were heavily involved with the same company. Uh, it was Prove It. Prove It. Oh, <laughs> Prove okay. it. Yep, you know. I was like, oh my God, that's Russell's voice on the campfire video. And I, right. there I was like making a funnel for it. So I was like, well, I must be on the right path. And then, spoiler alert, I never made a single sale. My funnel was constructed all wrong. You know, I had no offer of my own to stack onto it. I didn't have really compelling copy. It, it was very like generic. Right. Um, I think I even tried to like run ClickBank ads or like I hired some Facebook ads guy out of India who, you know, didn't, didn't get me results really <clears throat> other than like, he got me a bunch of people on an email list, but I had like no relationship with them. So it <laughs> never went anywhere. So anyway, that's my whole long preamble to now, which I get the more and more I got into ClickFunnels and doing the one funnel way challenge. I realized that, having great copy was really important for your funnel <clears throat> can make the difference between an offer that sells and one that doesn't. And I realized I had that skill. I've always been a writer, <clears throat> excuse me. I've always been a marketing writer and I saw that there was a huge need. So, you know, I started advertising myself on funnel Rolodex 
um, in different people's Facebook groups, like got some very low paying gigs. Like I priced myself low just to get some experience and testimonials. And it's just all grown from there over the past year and a half. So um, obviously you said you had a little bit of a history with some marketing and copy and, uh, and then you saw that first funnel you did with, with uh, your MLM. Like what, what steps did you truly take to, to make it so copy is, is your thing and people come to you? Like, is there like certain classes or people that you followed or just, you know, thousands of hours of practice? Like kind of where did you kind of get to the point you are now? now? Yeah. I mean, one thing I can say now looking back is like, I didn't have, I didn't really have time or money to like jump in and study other copywriters, like take courses or programs. I just had to go all in and figure it out for myself as I went because I still had to pay the bills. So I needed to bring money in quickly, <clears throat> you know, with copy. Um, I did have like a little bit of a buffer. I'd been in like a part-time contract position for the past six months. Like I was supposed to fill in for somebody who was on disability and then they never came back. So anyway, it was a chill gig and I was able to work on funnels and all this on the side. So there was that little cushion where I was able to just take really low paying jobs. But then, like I said, I had to figure it out quickly. So it was just, you know, trial and error. Like I, I did, I think one good move I made was I started a Facebook group um, pretty early, like after uh, a few months after I finished the One Funnel Away Challenge. Um, Cause I was seeing how much success other people were having with them, like Doug Bowton, you know, like a lot of them were affiliate marketers and kind of started that way. So I kind of went down that path. That was a little bit of a, of a, you know, detour, like, because I was trying to build up my reputation as a copywriter, but then I'm like, I also need money. So, you know, Doug's making thousands every month with the selling click funnels. I'll do that too. Or like selling the one funnel away challenge. It's like, Oh my God, hundred percent commission. So I did kind of get distracted by that for a while. And then I realized like, this is too red ocean already people have who are doing it well have already grabbed up a lot of the potential affiliates that are coming in through the one funnel away challenge so that's not my passion like let's go back to focusing on copy so once i did that and i changed the focus of my group from being like post ofa challenge support to being more focused on monetizing your funnel through like great sales copy and through building community so like organic traffic so i i would say i focused focus pretty um hard on my Facebook group, growing it, putting out good content, creating presentations. And then I went to Tribe of Buyers in October and kind of got, learned their monetization model. Like how do you actually make money from a Facebook group and kind of came back and finally started making offers to my group. So that's yes. kind of what, yeah, helped me grow a lot in the beginning and then just networking, like getting my name out there and People still tag me all the time in the ClickFunnels official group when someone's looking for a copywriter. So that really goes a long way. Yeah. No, I think what's cool about pretty much everything in your story, um, I related to pretty much all of it. Like I am, I am a bad employee. Awesome. <laughs> I'm a good employee, <laughs> but I'm a bad employee. Uh, yeah. I, I don't like working for people, you know, and, and then your journey is very similar to what Corey and I did. You know, we went through the OFA. We didn't niche down fast enough uh, because we didn't want to leave people out that we could. We felt we could help, right? right? And so, by doing that, we pretty much helped nobody because because we came across extremely confusing. 
<laughs> I think that's what people don't understand because you can't be everything to everybody, right? So if you niche down, you're actually going to be able to serve people that you want to serve and attract the clients you actually want to work with. Couldn't agree more. You know? And yeah. so I think that's awesome that you kind of came to that and you switched to your face, you know, moved your Facebook group. How hard was that to like come to that realization? That I needed to stop what I was doing. Yeah. And, and, uh, cause, cause the problem with entrepreneurs that I've found and people we've talked to, including Corey and I, uh, that, that stopping point and us stopping what we think we're supposed to do and actually pivoting is a very difficult process. Yeah, I think for me, it just started to feel like too much of an uphill battle, what I was doing, like trying to make affiliate sales for OFA. Um, because like I said, like starting kind of behind other people, I didn't go in wholeheartedly 100%, which like if I had, if I just worked night and day on it, like I could have probably reached the level of those other people or who knows, or passed them, but that wasn't my thing. And, um, you know, I it kind of came to that point where like after a few months of it really promoting put it together my own bonus stack to try to get people to sign up with me up but i also had a partner so that meant anyone we did get you know we'd be like splitting so because we did the the link sharing uh -huh. thing um so like we had put in all this effort and then the maximum sales we made in a month was like seven hundred dollars and yeah and you know you see other people making 10k 15k right. 20k whatever i'm like okay, I'm not in that league and the, the rate we're going, this is going to take forever or might not work because there's kind of like that initial almost gold rush thing of the first few OFAs when savvy people came in, were like, I'm going to be the affiliate for this, you know, and they kind of grabbed up a lot of people, um, which is good for them. You know, they were smart. They saw an opportunity and acted on it. And it's funny because a lot of peop those people have these sort of stories that started from a place of desperation. They were like, I just lost my job. I had $1,000 in the bank. Or like Doug, who's like, I was waiting tables. I had negative 400 bucks in the bank. You know, I had to go all in. Like, I feel like those people were the most successful right. because they had that total drive to just do whatever it took. Yeah, I mean, they were all in, right? Like Doug, basically eight hours a day you know, when he finally was like, this is the direction I'm going. So, um, yeah. you know, it, the, the, the whole thing of it's 10,000 hours to be great at something. I, I'm sure, I don't know if you've heard that. Um, but, but, you know, at the end of the day, any of us that have switched and pivoted and moved online, it's that same thing. I mean, if we're split into different directions, we're not putting that full time that we need to into that one focus, right? I, I even Dan Henry talked about it at Funlocky Live this past year, right? Like the yeah. circle of focus and, and the more things that are in that circle, the less you get done of everything. So, um, yeah, so I'm realizing, about, sorry, I was going to add on, I'm realizing yeah. more and more things that I have to cut out. Like before I used to say yes to everything, you know, every someone offering, asking me to come do a presentation, in their group, like, now my time's so limited, especially with COVID, you know, and like my son was home for like months, you know, just for having to trade off shifts. Like my work time was cut in half, you know, this familiar story a lot of us have, I was like, I don't, I can't, you know, keep doing all this stuff. I can't do every interview. I can't do every coaching offer where I'm not getting paid. I've just realized that my time is precious. I have to respect it myself. 
you know, and for, so that other people do. And, and so that's forcing me to like really narrow in on needle movers, you know, not only for my business, but things that will help me build a following, help me make money in the long term. Totally. So tell me about how your last two years, um, after the OFA, you're like, I'm niching down to copy. Um, you know, what's, what's your process? Like, I know the, the copy offer was it coffee offer remix or something like that, right? Like you uh, go and review somebody's funnel. Part of it, yeah. the offer is writing some emails for them. Um, but tell me like, if you could share one thing that we could all take from this, um that if if you're somebody going to look at a funnel or your own funnel like what's one thing that you're looking for when you're kind of uh going through that all one thing when i look for in a funnel um something that provokes emotion like very early on so like with the hook in the first few sentences if you can do that there like and the I just learned this today too. I'm in Copy Accelerator Live. It's this virtual conference taught by two mega successful copywriters. It's their mastermind group. Um, and they were talking about the importance of what they call story leads. So that's like sales funnels they've noticed that do the well, especially in like the health space, start with a story. So it's like, we're talking full on dialogue. Like a writer is making up dialogue, painting a scene. It's almost more like screenwriting. But, um, you know, one of them said, I read at least four pieces of copy a day to review for my mastermind group. And if someone's just doing the typical standard stuff, like here's my offer, here's the benefits, blah, 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 he zones out. Um, but if he's reading a story lead, he'll like really get into it and like forget he's even supposed to be reviewing it get a couple pages in and be like, oh, I got pulled in. I got to go back and like, look at this with a critical eye. Right. So if you can even get someone like that, who's written hundreds of sales letters himself probably critiqued hundreds you know you can get him to stop his scroll and get absorbed in the story that's really gonna go far and i think a lot of people are afraid to do that with their funnels yeah so do you see that people with a video works better than copy or sounding like what you just said a copy like a story written out is possibly better yeah than yeah, I mean, if you can be really compelling on video and, and make it natural and like be a good storyteller on camera, then by all means do that. Um, but I think it's a little harder because, you know, you have a few seconds to grab someone's attention. If they're not drawn in by you, they might bounce and then never hear your full pitch. Mm -hmm. um, but that's why like sometimes it's cool to have a video and a long scrolling sales letter so people can do one or the other or, like you know, they might watch 30 seconds of the video and then scam, you know, or scan or scam your um, copy. So that gives you more chances for sure of, of grabbing their attention. Yeah. Um, so being a copywriter, uh, just from the outside point of view, like it, it seems to be a pretty lucrative um, business in, in a sense of, I mean, you, you, everyone pays great money to a, a good copywriter. Um, so what, you know, what, how does that, like, how does that work in regards to pricing, right? Like somebody might build a funnel for say a thousand bucks, but to, if somebody's going to pay that same money to write three emails, um, you know, I, I just, we're trying to learn about the copy side of things. And I know for Ron and I, and 
And uh, so, I mean, that's kind of what prompted me to get into your group and start watching you and just kind of start to understand that side of it. And, you know, he and I, we know the emotional buyers and the logical buyers, and we try to fill in, in our, yeah. um, our funnels that way. But the email side, like we are basically zero. Uh, and, and so like, what's that whole process and how, how does, how does that, you know, one kind of price themselves and, and all that? It's a tough one. I still have my own questions about this, you know, because it's like starting out, you know, you know, you're going to charge lower. You might look at pricing guides and see kind of like, okay, what's the general range for some of these copy projects. You might go ask in Facebook groups. These are all things that I've done by the way, <laughs> to try to figure out, okay, what's like a kind of on the lower side. Cause I'm a newbie starting out with still a decent rate. And, but then when, you know, it can be harder is transitioning to higher prices when you feel like you've proved yourself and you've gotten good and maybe you've had some higher level clients. Um, you're still might be battling expectations that copy is cheap. That certainly happened to me a lot. Like not everybody knows that, oh my God, there's people paying 10K, 20K for a sales letter out there, um, which is true. Like that's kind of the desired range that people want to get into as a copywriter, of course. But for a long time, you're going to be under 10k you know you're going to be stuck in that range until you figure out how to jump to the next level and like how do i do that Are people willing to pay more do i need to get in with a big company like um do i need to just get you know one influencer to hire me and talk about me like what does it take and um you know they all have i kind of forgot the <laughs> the train of thought I was on with this, but they all have different answers, you know, so there's not necessarily like a set path. Yeah, um, I think, I think, uh, sorry, we, we are in that same thing with our agency. At some point you just realize, Hey, my time is worth X. Yeah. You no, know, I have to, in order to make the time valuable, I know what the outcome is going to be for you. So my time is worth this. That's what it is. Yeah. Right. It's also the, who, what audience are you attracting? Like what type of clients are you attracting to you? If you're not, if you're attracting broke ones, which yeah. I was for like the first year, you know, because I was, it was all people coming out of OFA and they're broke and they're like trying to get their first su successful funnel. Um, for them, even like a thousand for a full funnel copy might be a stretch right. and you want to charge like 5k, 10k, you know? Um, so I think, you know, I'm still kind of figuring that out right now too, what you need to change to get there. A lot of it I think is messaging and positioning. Like, how are you positioning yourself? What do you call yourself? Who do you describe who you work for? You know, I started putting on my bio on my Facebook page. I work for six and seven figure CEOs and coaches because those are the people I know understand very well the value of copy, <laughs> the value of your brand, your positioning, your message. It all has to be really, you know, like top notch, high level to attract clients willing to hire you as a coach for $5,000, you know, or whatever. So. Are you still working with your husband or did he kind of go a different way and has his own business or how's that work? Well, he still helps me with sales. I'm not, sales is not really my thing. I'm typical, like introverted, creative, um, don't really want to be that money person. But, you know, I've done a lot of training too. And like people who teach non-scammy, spammy sales techniques, how to make sales without feeling slimy. Like 
So I think a lot of us feel uncomfortable and we don't want to be that slick talking shark, you know, but we still want to like, we're still our own best salespeople. So you do, if you have an offer, if you have a product or service, you got to, you know, be better at sales or be willing to learn. But so my husband is really good at sales. He used to sell mortgages. Um, so we're trying to like figure out a system to where like, if I'm talking to a potential client, I can kind of bring him on or, you know, pass them over to him. And then he, he can also do like account management because I get really kind of stressed out and bogged down by things like contracts, chasing payments, like late invoices, you know, or clients who ghost all these things like can just spin me out with anxiety when like what I actually need to do is be able to focus and um, be creative and write good copy. Uh, basically you found a who yeah. to take the things <laughs> off of your plate that you just happen to be married to. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So my who is a really good like executive assistant. So I want her to be that for me and Corey, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but I think that's, that's important. Like you recognize your strengths, you recognize where you need help to keep focus on your strengths. Right. Again, going back to that singular focus, like if you could just focus on your strengths all the time, it's going to attract the people in where then your husband can come in and, and close the deal. Yeah. And my goal is for my copy for my own offers to be so good and like the content I put out regularly to be, you know, engaging that people are already mostly sold when they come to me. Right. You know, they're, then they just want to talk to me and like basically have their objections answered. So then, yeah, I think it's easier to move to that sale. All right, Heidi, let's uh, shift a little bit. I get asked my favorite question of the, of the day. Uh, it's all about hindsight. We all know hindsight's twenty twenty. So <laughs> if you could go back in time, give yourself a younger version of yourself a little bit of advice, knowing that hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, what advice would you give and how far back would you go? Would it be 2018 when you're trying to figure things out or uh, what, what, what kind of direction would you go with that? Well, this is a great question and, you know, a good concept for your podcast overall, hindsight hacking. Um, and I think about this a lot. I'm sure a lot of us do as entrepreneurs, like, oh man, you know, it's not helpful, but sometimes we're like, if only I'd started at X date or bought the X program or whatever. So for me, it would be probably early 2000s, around 2000, flailing around with jobs. Um, you know, it was before I got into gaming, but like I think if I had started there, just like general online marketing, um, started trying to sell my knowledge, started a podcast. You know, I know people who like started some of the first online marketing podcasts around 2004, and they did really well because nobody else was talking about these things. Um, starting a podcast, you know, doing that to get my name out there. Um, becoming a service provider sooner, like figuring out which of my skills that I could sell. But then also, um, it's, it's kind of tricky because funnels weren't necessarily around then in the same form they are now, or I don't know, were they? When did ClickFunnels start? I mean, it was only five years ago, so. Yeah, okay, so yeah, it probably didn't exist. But yeah, I would, I would have figured out a way to sell my knowledge online. I mean, cause now we know that that, I mean, it made Dan Henry a billionaire, right? Um, it's still a really viable way to go with your business. No, I love it. And, and so what, 
what I loved about that is it's not necessarily something you would absolutely change. You would just take what you're doing now and do it quicker. Yeah. Right? Do it sooner. Like yeah. <laughs> they might a lot of pain and frustration and bad jobs and horrible right. bosses and being broke and, you know, right. Well, and, and that's, what's, that's, what's cool about, um, you know, our show and kind of talking about hindsight, but let's kind of get everyone up to speed what you're doing now and kind of what's next for you and, and what do you, what are you up to currently or what's on the horizon? Sure. So I'm moving more into copy coaching at the copy coaching direction. Um, I've now been a coach in two other people's programs, starting with Nicholas Dodge, who started this agents of scale thing. And he had, you know, typical format. He had like five experts who came in. We all had daily, you know, our weekly call. So there would be like one call a day um, for the people in the program. But he's a, you know, he has a successful funnel design agency. So he just realized like he couldn't do both. So he shut it down. But around the same time, um, I wrote funnel copy for Rachel S. Lee for two of her funnels. And most people have heard of her because she's, you know, one of the top ClickFunnels affiliates out there and got her dream car award and two comic club award and all that. But now she also has moved into group coaching because she's like, I don't want to just, most people like, even if they're super successful with affiliate marketing, they're not necessarily passionate about it and they want to move onto something else and create their own thing, which makes sense, right? Um, you learn all these skills selling somebody else's product. Now you want to sell your own. So she has her own coaching program. I wrote the funnel copy for it and for her self-liquidating offer, this $27 offer. And then through that relationship, she asked me to be her copy coach. So um, Impact is her program. It's like a six month program. You just come in and there's like weekly calls and a bunch of modules you can go through and trainings and um, yeah, it's really great. So that's kind of given me the confidence about coaching. You know, I'll just get on calls and usually go through people's copy and even before I started coaching, I kind of realized I was already moving in that direction because I would do these live, what I call live copy remix. I would do it in my group and other people's groups. And I would just invite people to come on and I'd go over their copy with them. Like if someone would show up, send me a link, I'd go over it. Or I would just write my own copy on the call. And that was great for me too, because, you know, I, I suffer from procrastination and, and like, it's hard to shut everything out and just concentrate on copy like i'm you know definitely guilty of oh write a few lines oh let me go check facebook and you know let me go check my email i gotta make a phone call you know all this stuff and we all know that like like if you need to have long periods of deep work if you're really going to get anything done and i think that's doubly true for writing copy it's just not going to be very good if your attention is you know scattered and fragmented so um yeah, my point was I, I liked doing that for myself because even if nobody would show up, I was on camera, I was accountable, I'd be forced to just work on copy. And so I'd usually get some big client project done on those lives if nobody else was showing up. So that's fun. Yeah. So you uh so you have your your offer on the remix, but uh something that I have loved that I've seen is you literally like randomly put a $50, $47 type offer uh, or $97 offer just off the cuff. It seems from my point of view, that you're like, Hey, I had this idea and I don't know if it's on purpose or not, but you're like, I don't even have a phone. Right here you go. But uh, <laughs> I just started trying that. 
Well, I'll tell you why. Like, I can't take credit for this idea. It's from one of my copywriting mentors named Ian Stanley, and he calls it selling your sawdust. So you take something that you're already doing in your business. Like in my case, maybe I wrote a really good email sequence for somebody and now I can turn it into a template or like I write a sequence for somebody, they don't end up using it, turn that into a template. So that's what I did the first time. And that was definitely the most successful time that I did that. It was um, Facebook group welcome email sequence. And so I made it generic enough that anybody could take it and use it for their group. And I put up a, you know, a big block text message with like the colored background on Facebook. So it really stands out and just said, Hey, I have this, you know, Facebook welcome, Facebook group, welcome email sequence, um, template that I created who wants it. The only thing I did wrong there is I didn't mention that I was selling it. So a lot of people expected it would be for free. Right. And I was like wanting to experiment with like, do people actually want this? So I didn't, I don't know, maybe I wasn't confident enough to come right out of the gate and say it's $17, even though that's a really low price. But anyway, I did get a ton of interest and I did end up making a bunch of sales from that. So it just kind of gave me that confidence that like, oh yeah, I have a lot of sawdust that I can sell and I don't need to wait until I have a funnel to do it. And, and you even, I'm sorry, Ron, uh, you even have uh, like that, that was almost like an indoctrination for me. Right. Like, I don't know, like I, I might've saw you one place and then all of a sudden I ended up seeing that and I was super interested. Right. And so, um, I didn't actually buy it, but, but it got me interested enough to, then I joined your group. I started watching some trainings. Right. So yeah. now the connection points at some point is, has surpassed my initial bit. So now I'm a warm lead in regards to when you put up the right thing for me, I'll probably pounce on it. Right. Because yeah. the more than that caught my attention. Her husband's going to awesome. get on the phone pretty soon. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm closing somebody. <laughs> well, Corey, you might be interested in my own group coaching program that's coming out soon. Let's hear it. Let's, hear it. let's, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's go right into it right now. What, sure, what... Why not? I don't, I don't have a pitch or anything prepared because I'm still figuring it out, but I've, I've been playing with this idea really since last January. So I'm sort of ashamed that it's taken this long to get it together. But I think I just couldn't quite wrap my head around what structure it should be. But it's called Copy Catalyst. It's basically my own group copy coaching program. And the point is that just like I was doing on these calls and like I do in other people's programs, you can get on a call with me. I'll go over your copy. I'll fix it, make it really good. Like I usually charge $1,500 for in my own you know, offer copy remix offer. And I'll basically kind of do a done with you thing of like, let's get your copy written. And then along the way, at the same time, I'm also teaching people my process. So I'm going to be doing trainings, you know, to help people improve their own copy. And I think this will mostly be for non-copywriters. You know, I'm not definitely not ruling out newbie copywriters wanting to be in on this because it's always nice to have your copy critiqued, right? By somebody with more experience. I've done programs like that myself with people more advanced than me. Um, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs like want to be better. Like maybe they don't want to be copywriters, but they don't want to have to outsource their copy because like they know that they should be able to kind of have their own message figured out in their minds. I don't know. I mean, it's not always true. I think a lot of entrepreneurs do want to be their own copywriters. Others just have no interest, want to outsource it have no problem paying somebody else. But I think there's a good mix of people out there that yeah. do want to become better themselves. 
or just want to, you know, it could be useful to them because they just have access to my eyes and we could like quickly knock it out on a call. So that's the basic structure. I'm just figuring out the details now. Yeah, that's, 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 I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm, uh, Corey, why are we, why are, we're having issues today. <laughs> we don't ever have issues. I don't know. We never have it. Like we're really good at going back and forth. So what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> you guys just have so much to say. Yeah, we're learning, right? Like we've used this podcast to learn. So I think both of us have more questions than usual that we're trying yeah, to like. That's probably exactly people. it. That's exactly uh, it. But well, that's so awesome. I know for us, like it took us figuring out exactly who we wanted to serve, right? And niche down in that sense. And then it took us a little while to figure out an offer. And, and I play in the funnel world and Ron does the graphics. So we've got all that part. But yeah. now it's, we need these funnels to convert. Right, and so the copy is a, a very much of an interest to us. Trying to figure out, like we understand the emotional side of things first, the logical side second. Like we understand all these details, but now putting it into action is, I think, the biggest thing that uh, an entrepreneur like ourselves is, because um, you know we're not the brand newbie coming out of o OFA, right? Like now we've got things nailed down. We just need the wording, the copy to figure it out. And so I think that's why everything that you're talking about and doing piques my interest in, in such a great way. Well, that's great to hear. I'm glad I'm on the right track there. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, you, how, how you talk about copy is how I talk about graphics, you know, and, and I didn't think selling graphics to people because graphics and how you brand things just come like in my head and I can't explain it. It's really simple for me to go, this is how your brand should look in a total space. Yeah. Now let's break that up. And I just assumed everyone could do that. Right. Right. And everyone can think that way. Cause that's how I've always thought. So I just assumed everyone thinks that way. Um, but the piece that I love that I want to talk a little bit more about is selling your sawdust. That was really cool. Like, yeah. like that is something that anybody can do right now. There's something in your business you're doing that you can piece apart and make it generic enough and sell it for a low ticket value. Yeah, and what's cool is the same time I tried it myself, I did a training in my group about it. So you guys can always go check that out, I can tag you. But basically I went through a bunch of examples. So like, I mean, yeah, it's easy for me to figure out what I could sell, it's copy templates, like no brainer. For you, maybe it's like graphic templates if you have mm -hmm. some or stock images or some stuff you have that can be customized for people. Or maybe it's like some really simple, you know, ebook or guide on like, this is how I, you know, fix images in Photoshop, or this is how I make Canva look way better than your average image, whatever it is. Or, you know, if you're a coach or course creator, maybe you're selling like your Trello board templates. You know, I, I see that a lot too. Like people, like the organizational and operations stuff. Um, everyone needs systems help. You know, I see chatbot experts selling like chatbot templates, chatbot scripts. So if, if you really start thinking, like looking at your business that way, like you'll probably end up with a dozen or so ideas that you could sell for cheap. And you know, at that point it's just volume. Having yeah. enough people interested. Yeah, for sure. All right. I, I want to circle back a little bit because I love this most recent story I read um, about 
how you made your way to, to Funnel Hacking Live. So I know it's going backwards a little bit from our current conversation, but uh, we would be remiss for not sharing it with our audience. Sure. Was Did you get that story up from my emails? My email list? I think so. I think it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was basically, I think it was writing, you, you know, ended up getting a couple um, clients just to pay for the ticket or you got involved with Russell. Yeah. Like, yeah tell, tell us that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty whirlwind. So just before, um, and it's kind of right place, right time too. So like a couple weeks before Funnel Hacking Live, um, someone from the ClickFunnels team posted in the official group that they were looking for a copywriter. Somebody tagged me, like I think someone, my friend of mine in Australia, Sue Moses, I got to give a shout out to her because she's awesome. But she tagged me and she probably was the first to see it because I don't know, it was early morning her time or whatever. And so I saw it and I, the guy asked people who were interested to email him. I did and he ended up hiring me. Like I got the gig right away. So what it ended up being was they needed to finish all the funnel flicks descriptions. And you know, we found out why at FHL, like Russell came out and they had this whole bit like introducing funnel flicks. Right. Like they brought out a couch and there's he and Steve yeah. Larson were sitting there eating popcorn and it was pretty funny. So like, and they had it up on the huge screen and if they'd scrolled through and there was all this blank space, it would look bad. So that's what I was brought in to do. And you know, when they told me what the gig paid, well, it was very low. It was less than half of my usual minimum for an hourly rate. And, you know, I was already bummed because I had not been able to swing getting an FHL ticket. Just the timing, like right after Christmas, like even though I'd done well over Christmas with clients, like just, you know, expenses come up, I just couldn't do it. Um, so I was feeling kind of cheeky and I said, well, do you think you guys could pay me in an FHL ticket? You know, cause I'd, I'd already like kind of been a good sport. I was like, well, I, you know, I'd love to get this experience. I'll do it anyway, even though that's, you know, far below my usual rate. But then, then I thought, or maybe you, know, you guys could pay me in a ticket to my, like I sent that and then I went off to yoga class and I was like all nervous. So I like zenned out and then I came out and checked my phone and they were like, you know, he'd said yes before he's like, well, I'll see what I can do. Like Russell's up late, you know, working on his FHL slides. I'll email him. So yeah, that was when I came out of my yoga class, checked my email, and he was like, Russell says it's a yes. I mean, you can get a FHL ticket. So I was very excited, but I was also like, kind of like, oh shit. <laughs> you know, I right. came home and I told my husband, I'm like, and he, his, face just, his face kind of fell. Like, you know, he wanted to be, he was happy for me. And so he wanted to be excited, but then he was like, oh shit, you know, right. because we both knew like, I'm going to have to come up. If I go, I'm going to have to come up with a bunch of money in a very short time. This was like Thursday, the week before phone yeah. hacking live, by the way, which started on Tuesday. Right. So I, but luckily I was like in a coaching group at the time. And so I emailed the group chat and I was like, you guys, I got a free ticket, but I don't, I don't have like my airplane, my flight, my hotel, or like, I don't have any of that covered. I've got rent due next week. I like, I don't know if I could pull this off. And they're like, tell your story as it's happening. So I did that. I wrote this big dramatic post, put it on my profile, put it in my Facebook group. I was like, this is a do or die moment. There's no way I like Russell gives me a free ticket. I can't not show up. Like this is my story. And so by the time I woke up the next day, I had an offer from a client to cover my plane ticket because he had credit card points. That was an exchange for me doing another project for him. So it wasn't just like he was giving right. it to me. Right. And then 
another woman I'd connected with in the ClickFunnels official group, because it's part of the story I forgot. Shane, I did an interview with Shane Larson about my OFA story, and he had published it in the group like a couple weeks before. So that got me like a bunch of new followers and friends and people who joined my Facebook group, including this woman who was like very brand new to ClickFunnels, very excited about it. And she said, she messaged me and we'd already talked a little bit and she was like, I saw your message. I have a room at the Fiddler's Inn, which is kind of like the motel down the streets so and nothing fancy. Yeah. <laughs> like I've got two beds. I don't have a roommate. You're welcome to just come stay there for free. So it was like, awesome. sweet. Within 24 hours, I had my flight covered, I had my hotel covered. And then I just needed to like make some money, like to pay rent, just have some cash. So someone else in my coaching group gave me the idea that I could sell copy credits. So basically selling some of my services at half price if people bought then and there and you know paid in full. So I sold like 1500 worth of copy credits doing that and that was that's my brilliant. rent and trip money that's brilliant. and i got there so, and so <laughs> that so thursday you figured things out that you're going and yeah. then by tuesday you had your free flight you had money in the bank you had mm -hmm. the rent paid and you had a room to stay at at the notel motel yes so uh, i love it i mean hey ron and i went we definitely did not stay on property we stayed at the motel. Uh, well, that we a little more to the story. Oh, tell There's us. like an addendum, and I hope this <laughs> people hate me. No, I did not get to stay at like Russell's mansion, but I did um, get upgraded. My ticket was upgraded by the ClickFunnels staff, so I got early access. Mm -hmm. So that means you skip the line in the morning. To you don't have to line up outside the doors and like run. The cattle, cattle call. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to do the cattle call. Um, and, and I got to like mix with two comic club winners and like successful people. So I was very excited about that. Cause I was like, I got to make some connections here. You know, I was, you know, this was all like very awesome and cool, but also I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. Like I got to come back from this event with money. I need to make money at the event. I need to come back with clients. Like I need to make this all worthwhile. Um, none of that really happened. I did talk to some people people flaked, you know, like I met some, I did meet a two comic club winner who like said he needed a copywriter, followed up with him numerous times, never responded to me, you know, like conferences are still flaky, but I still like went and met a bunch more people in person. I like rubbed shoulders with, you know, Colton Crottinger had been a client and we met in person for the first time. Like I ghost wrote his book about anxiety um, before that. And then I got to meet him. And so like, you know, definitely, still met and saw a bunch of influencers and met more of my internet friends and learned great stuff and then came back with a really bad flu. Oh no. <laughs> oh my gosh. And possibly COVID. I think we are the same person. <laughs> I, I really? I think we're the same person because uh, I came back, I mean, I got, I was sick there. Remember Corey? I had a, a huge fever and I was like, what is going on? And then I would be fine. And then I would have a fever. Wow. I was like, what is going on? Um, but I was uh, at the cattle call and I had to run for the seat. So, yeah. I mean, not you only are you knocked over people. <laughs> well, this lady stopped like right in front of me. What was I supposed to do? I didn't. Yeah. I mean, women and children would be damned. Ron is running over them. <laughs> I felt so that's, bad. I was like, I'm sorry. Kind of what it was like, though. I mean, I, yeah, I wouldn't have 
done well with that. I would have just been like, ah, fuck it, and just ended up in the last row, probably. Yeah, well, I wanted to, but uh, we, we met a lot of really cool people just at the cattle call waiting area. Yeah, that yeah and I we've hear that, too. With. It's been kind of cool. Yeah. Um, you know, we put, you know, Corey put together a really cool mastermind with some of those people and we meet with them weekly and awesome. we, you know, we've created some really cool relationships and business relationships from, from FHL that we would not have got if we didn't go. Right. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So thank you for sharing that story. I love that story. I love that story <laughs> when I read it. Um, and, and you know, it Ron and I, we didn't have any kind of story like that to go to FHL, but I know how much it kind of changed our whole perspective on everything. Um, yeah. And so to, to, to hear about the part that you get, a, you were rubbing those shoulders with all the two comic club and everybody in that, uh, that had the early access. Uh, I mean, I think for many of us that are on the cattle call side, you, we looked at every one of them in a different light. Either they are in the, the higher ticket coaching program or they've made it in some way yeah we haven't, haven't yet and so yeah. um so i know every chance we got to meet and be close to some people that were in that group we try to take advantage of it and so oh yeah uh, so you i'm sure were looked at in a different light by all of us that were coming in through the cattle call <laughs> doors um and and so i'm hoping I, I imagine it's propelled your business since then um, yeah, I think so. Like, uh, you know, it helps too that I can say oh, I wrote copy for Russell Brunson and, right. you know, I shared my story and I think it's can be inspirational for people because it's definitely one of those like rise to the occasion moments, overcome a big obstacle, make stuff happen. It's like Steve Larson has his FHL story, how he was so broke, you know, couldn't afford a ticket, had to ride a bike, a pedal bike to the event, had to sleep on the floor. And then he left with a job at ClickFunnels and right. spent the next <laughs> few years as Russell's right-hand man. So like those sorts of stories are legendary. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like I have a story now. Exactly. No, I think that's cool. Um, you know, it's and I proved to myself that I could do something like that. Right. right. Because that's, like right. And everyone now that watches Funnel Flicks knows somebody that did work on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are other people too, but I was one of them. That's okay. We don't yeah. have to talk about them. <laughs> I mean, they were on the ClickFunnels team. So, you know, they're, oh, they don't count. They're, they're already <laughs> got their place and they're doing well in life. Right. right. <laughs> All right, Heidi. So, uh, so you've got the, the Afi offer copy remix. Mm -hmm. You've got the coaching soon to come out. You're coaching yeah. for Rachel. Um, you've got your sawdust offers that you're given. Is that, is that everything? Did I, did I catch it all? Um, you know, I've had some smaller offers here and there. I've done a few live master classes that now I just sell the recordings to, but I, you know, I can't say I'm like making a ton of sales with that or really pushing it, but it's nice to just have that stuff in my arsenal because you can always take stuff and repurpose it. You know, right. I could take, um, the three paid master classes I did because it's quality content. I had nice slides and everything and turn that into a mini course. So um, I definitely have other things that I've created. Um, but yeah, I kind of got addicted to a certain point of creating offers because I think for a long time, we're all afraid to do that. You know, we, or we put everything into one funnel, one offer that maybe we did in the one funnel way challenge and then we never make any sales. Right. So um, even with, you know, making sales through funnels, 
it still took me like six months after OFA to start making sales and then a couple more months to earn my one comma club award. <laughs> so, you know, it could still take a while, even after you understand and know all the principles of a funnel to like come up with the right offer that people want. No, I, I think it's, I think that's awesome. And I know people that are listening to the show probably are like us and like, yep, copy. I need copy. <laughs> um, but where can people find you? Where can they hitch, hitch themselves to your wagon? Yeah, well, I'm always happy to, for people to add me on Facebook. You know, my profile is pretty open and you can find me and add me. Um, I can change my URL because I saw this in a presentation, like say what you are in your URL. So I think right now it's like funnel copywriter dot Heidi or something like that. I don't know. I can look at it. <laughs> yeah. So that, that way I come up in the keyword search, right? Yeah. Um, I still have my Facebook group. I do want to change the name though. It's right now though, you can find on my profile. It's in my uh, featured image. It's called funnel monetization secrets. Mm -hmm. And I still have new people joining. I, I am going to either, close that one and create a new one or just change the name but because funnel monetization secrets is great but it's very broad term and i just found like i'm actually not able to cover all these topics in this group i can't talk about all the different ways you can monetize funnels it's like i tried for a while i was bringing in lots of experts on all kinds of different things but i think it just made things too broad and maybe like a little confusing and people were responding the most to my copywriting trainings anyway. So I'm just, that's just the whole plan. I'm going to niche it down more to be about copy. And honestly, what's holding me back right now is coming up with a name, <laughs> like coming up with a good enough name that's not already taken, that somebody's not already using. It's more well, I love the copy cipher that you have. Like, I love that. Kind of yeah. Name, that's, so. Well, that's my business name. And that's because it was an offshoot of my first business cipher collective. So I like the whole cipher thing because it can have a lot of different meanings. It can mean like a code. It can mean like a mystery or a secret. So I'm the copy cipher. I'm the one who comes in and like figures it out. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right, Heidi, it has been a pleasure. And next time you throw any kind of masterclass, <laughs> uh, make sure I know about it because I will be there watching. Um, and then, yeah, once, once you have that coaching nailed down, has time been it, handy. Yes. Yeah. Maybe reaching out. <laughs> well, and Rachel Lee is going to help me with the, the structure and the program, like just figuring out because that's what she does in her coaching program. It's right. like mainly right. she focuses on people, you know, creating their own profitable group programs through Facebook groups. So nice. Nice. That's part of your payment of being a coach is she gets to coach you too, huh? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, to a, to a limit, like we have access to the trainings and I'm sure it wouldn't be cool if I was, um, slacking her every five minutes. So we try to, you know, be respectful about it, but sure. yeah, awesome benefit for sure. Cool. Nice. All right. Anything else, Ron? No, I'm good. I appreciate the time and thank you for coming on. I, I know, uh, normally we're very good at taking our turns, but yeah, we both want to learn <laughs> a lot about this and, and we got excited. So that's well, no, that that rare. So good that, yeah. That you've had like so many questions. And we're excited. So thanks. This was really fun. All right, Heidi, we will be in touch. Thank you so much. And uh, I can't wait to get, have the show go live and, and we'll, we'll send you some fun stuff to go with it. So again, thanks so much for being here. Bye. Awesome. Thank you. See you later. Thank you. 
Alrighty, everyone. I truly hope you enjoyed Heidi. I hope you learned as much as I did. Um, but at the end of the day, I know Ron and I use this podcast for our own education. Uh, so hopefully you enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah, I, I know uh, we learned a lot from this one. Uh, it was something that you and I have been talking about this particular subject and how we wanted to get better. And you're like, I got a person. And so I was excited to have her on the show and, you know, kind of talking about those two takeaways. It was even hard for me to just find two. <laughs> Which usually the two are so out there. Like it's easy for us to know. We have two big ones, right? Yeah. Like there's a lot of knowledge and so many shows, but there's always two things that really stand out. Yeah. Not this time. No, I had I had multiples. So I'm gonna I'm gonna think about the two that I I, I ranked them. I ranked them of importance. So I'm gonna go with these two. Okay. So one, well before I even tell you, listen to the whole show again because there's <laughs> a lot of takeaways. All right, yeah. so my first takeaway. If you have an offer, respect yourself and your time within that offer. Okay. What do you Starting mean? out you're gonna have to do some some deals or whatever, but at some point you're gonna realize your time is worth X, that's your charge, right? It's, it's That's where you're at. Um, so respect yourself and your time and you'll start attracting the right people around that. So number two, gosh, I'm back for it. Okay, number two is um, I loved taking your sawdust and making it something you can sell. There's things in your business right now that you can craft in a way that can start bringing in some income to you. It might not be a, a ton, but what if it's a couple hundred bucks a month that one, you were already doing and now you're able to make some money on it. Two, it's $200 that you didn't know you even had the opportunity to bring in. So look at your sawdust and see what you can sell. Absolutely, so good. And I, I know Heidi got that knowledge from Ian Stanley. Um, a past guest also was talking about Ian Stanley. Ian Stanley is kind of the cream of the crop, but we, we can't always afford the, the Tesla. We can't always afford the Lamborghini. Um, so let's get the high-powered Lexus. And Heidi, definitely the high-powered Lexus. Thank you so much for the shares, the knowledge. Uh, so good, so good, so good. But everyone, hey, at the end of the show, one call to action, and that is come join us in our Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash now 22 N-O-2-2, N-O-W-2-2, sorry. And uh, come join us, it's gonna be fun, and we've got a lot of stuff going on, and I can't wait to see you. Hey guys, and thank you for being the best part of the Hindsight Hackers community.